0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A market trade coming off of a holiday weekend. Where well, we saw some higher corn, not so much higher in the soybean side. And believe it or not, there's green on the screen for the wheat. Livestock side, though, took a mixed type of feel uh, to the market trade. We're going to look at all the factors that are weighing in on this Tuesday post-Labor Day holiday as we're being joined by Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. And I was you and I were talking before we started this program. I said the last 11 days I've been at the state fair, so I have not seen much of the crop. Um, because I've been in Grand Island this whole time, but this morning, when I got a chance to go out and look, um, there's some struggles going on for the crop, even for the irrigated crop, you can definitely tell that we're starting to push uh, this harvest early, but are we starting to see more harvest pressure work into this market trade as we start to see those combines continue to move north?
1: You make a lot of really good points there uh, and, you know and the, and the thing that you know that I'm trying to decipher is i think that like the brazilian farmer the u.s farmer i think going into the harvest is undersold now i would agree with a lot of producers out there that this crop on the face of it is definitely not getting better um are we talking a large area of deterioration or these are these pockets and and that's, that's the part that I'm personally trying to struggle with. Now, granted, I'm at 171. Uh, there will be a boss report uh, a week from today. I, I, I do think the USDA is probably going to move lower that yield just a touch. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about the heat that we've had, uh, the lack of rainfall that we've had, and some of these overnight temps that we've had. Uh, all this is not conducive for higher test weights. And and you, the, the, the smaller pods that were going to come with it on the bean side of things is something, obviously, our balance sheet can't uh, really stand too much. So, you know, you look at the bean side, I think it's very plausible that we're a sub-50 bushel here. I, you know, Pro Farmer Tour a couple weeks ago had seen this, and I, I agree with what they had seen as well. The problem of the corn, it's it, it simply – it's not whether we're at 168 or 175 or 176 or 172. It's we've got a demand structure at the moment that is not friendly. And when we've had stocks use ratios this high, our prices historically, going back 14, 15, 16, 17, you can look back at history, has been substantially lower than we are today. I think that in itself, along with our poor demand structure for corn, is, is something that's hindering this market from really gathering any sort of traction. Uh, because we were probably undersold as a whole uh, American producer, we're probably going to see some harvest pressure as, as storage becomes an issue uh, later. But there has been some talk from some of my North Dakota customers that they're going to be cutting some corn here, uh, or picking some corn here, in probably about three weeks. They're about two to three weeks ahead of normal for them. So uh, you can you can bet that the combines are going to be rolling early here as well. So it's just, it, there's a lot of factors going on here, not just U.S. yield, U.S. corn crop deterioration, bean crop deterioration. You got I think we got to take the global macro approach when we look at these markets uh, in, in today's perspective
0: you know and i find it interesting too and especially coming off of state fair and conversations i had uh they were saying yep harvest is going to be early but my crop's not going to be ready and um many are wondering you know if that's going to be a a yield her- hurting price when they go to the elevator trying to meet contracts i think there's a lot of unique pressures right now on these producers as they try to market and wonder what this crop is going to do for them
1: yes uh, yeah you're, you're right there i mean even even when we are below the insurance price, if if some of these guys are, if they get out there and the yields are better uh, than expected or even above their APH, some of these guys that they're thinking they got coverage on insurance may not really be covered. So definitely take have your agent take a look at that and kind of where you are once the combines start rolling. But the aspect of, okay, the Chinese stepping in here, buying more beans, unknowns slash China, buying more beans here, all good all really things we want to see we need to see the other question is does it come to fruition to see a sales come uh, a flash sales come up is, is nice but does that translate into actual exports now The backlog or the so-called backlog or bottleneck of exports coming out of Brazil, it's not really a bottleneck. They just got a lot of supply hitting the market at the same time, beans and corn. So Brazil, uh, it's going to be a record year for exports for them, and they're already expected to have a record export yield next year. So that is what we're competing up against here. Now, granted, we still do not know about the storms and the crop damage that has China has transpired over the last month or so. So again, is China stepping in here buying this? Because one, they feel like beans are fairly valued here or is trying to buy something because they know something other going on with their own crops. so again multiple dynamics are going on here so I just don't think we, we can't look at one variable because if we didn't have six or 87 dollar crude oil you know you know it'd be a lot more difficult for corn I think to maintain this crush margins look pretty good on the ethanol side and if you look at the bean side it, it's just simply we, we don't have the balance sheet to withstand too much down drop in this yield, but if Brazil has it, how much of competitiveness can we be if we're going up towards $14 or fourteen thirty? Does that kind of just cool it down a little bit? And, and at the very moment, I think it does. I think funds are looking to sell this on rally, sadly.
0: And unfortunately, when you talk about Brazil and China, it's our producers that are going to take it um, in the shorts because we're used to that switch coming over to us.
1: Yeah, we're going to be starting to focus a lot more on the the South American weather prospects coming up here. And not to mention we have some issues with U.S.-China-Taiwan relations that are, are definitely play a big factor in all these grains, really.
0: All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready on this Tuesday for the second half of the Fontanelle Final Bell. We come back, we're going to take a look at what's going on. Believe it or not, they kind of... Uh, focus has been turned to what's going on in the crude oil. We'll talk more about these softer exports as well and, and why the livestock haven't been reacting like they have been in past when we've seen a dip in the grains. More is coming up. The Fontenelle Final Bell
1: summer is going fast and husker harvest days is right around the corner please join us one final year in the Fontenelle tent at the show september 12th through the 14th near grand island there's plenty to talk about including the merger into the new channel seed brand our proven performance potential and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. so stop and see Fontenelle at husker harvest days the same local commitment with new possibilities Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, is with Lakefront Futures. And we left off kind of talking export-wise, obviously everything that goes on with China and Brazil. Do you think there is the potential, obviously depending on how the dollar is and, and how that all factors in, but are we going to see our usuals come back to buy some harvest grain this year, even though China, for example, has been really focusing on South America?
1: I certainly think they're going to be in the market, yes. I mean, a lot of these U.S. markets have been beat down quite a bit, especially wheat. Now, the the, the thing with the, do the usuals come back and buy it? Uh, We have a, a lot of global macro pictures that are very, very weak. A lot of mixed economic data. China, economically, not doing too good europe not doing too good uh you're going to have the you're going to have the japanese the mexican type you know buyers they're going to be there the the question that i would have are those enough purchases to to move the needle and so when i'm looking at the u.s balance sheet and i'm just saying for corn it even if we punch in Uh, a 168 figure as of today now granted keep in mind we will have a wasi report next monday but as of right now at a 168 uh, we're still left with 1.6 billion carry out of corn with a very high stocks use ratio so i know that might sound bearish on the outside probably because mostly it is for the time being. But the the, the thing that would change this around is we get some verification with what the producer is saying. Does the combines verify that? And is that enough to move the needle from the USDA standpoint? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be what the USDA says. And that's what the number they're going to trade. We have not seen the strengthening and and spreads to indicate that the market is all that concerned about supply yet. We certainly haven't seen the push in basis yet. So these are all something that I think we're so close to harvest right now. It feels like we're kind of in that pre-harvest kind of slow period where we're just waiting for new fresh data to come in from the producer. And so that's kind of where I think this market is. Now, the, the big factor here, though, is the if you look at brazil's weather and i'm focusing on brazil obviously being being the big competitor that we are in in beans they have their government is allowing the producer down there to plant a few weeks ahead of normal because of it's so dry. So, this is a factor that I don't think we're, we're all expected to say, hey, Brazil's going to have this record crop and record exports next year. The crop's not even in the ground yet. So, it is trying to get planted earlier so they can catch these rains sooner for the safrinha corn crop that will obviously just got harvested, still getting harvested, but later on. So, I think there's a lot of rumblings, even in South America and in Brazil in particular, that, hey, they, we got to watch these weather systems very, very closely. So, not out of the woods yet but the world is just not at the very moment not running out of beans it's just caught up in a place that had a lot of record production and vessel shipments are backed up about 45 days now
0: so do you think the good side has been the fact that it's crude oil that can keeps keeps things moving
1: Oh, absolutely. You look at what crude oil has been doing here. Touched almost $88 a barrel here uh, today's trade. Uh, I think if you look at the drainage of the SPR and then you look at the Saudi Arabia production cuts, uh, this is only going to continue to fuel, I think, higher crude prices. Now, this is going higher in the face of a U.S. dollar that's nearly 105 on the dollar index now. So it's not slowing it down. I think there's a really fundamentally – bullish side of crude oil right now that will keep an elevated floor into these commodities as a whole corn in particular the biggest thing for corn though if we can get wheat to stabilize it'd probably be the biggest win for corn now granted uh, you know wheat's been really beat down because we are still not all that competitive on the wheat market but if we can stabilize <laughs> real positive for corn i think
0: all right real quick this livestock kind of give us your spin as we start to wind down today's program
1: yep as we we've talked lots of time about cattle fundamentally still bullish here we're still leaning friendly i think the heifer retention has to be uh, a big concern here that's going to keep things uh, you know somewhat friendly here for the time being the biggest question i have is obviously the u.s consumer is their willingness to continue to buy here because again we are probably still the best house on a bad block when it comes to world economics so again we're watching the dollar and does it have any type of impact on any of these commodities far, the funds remain long, this stuff, and I think that that's probably the right position to be in.
0: So is cash going to hold off till, I mean, it's Tuesday, so we lost a Monday trade. Are we going to hold off till Thursday or later this week?
1: Uh, I certainly think so. I certainly think cash is going to be strong this week again here. Uh, You know, we're getting to that back half of the year now where uh, demand is probably going to start Picking up just a yet a bit for football season, and all that. But again, I, I like what I'm seeing here, technically, fundamentally. And again, watch the heifer retention; it's not there. I think that's going to be a bullish story to come.
0: All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you: three one two eight five
1: eight three six six eight. My direct number. They can find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha.
0: All right. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Fontenelle hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.